0: what's going on everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of our podcast i'm les and i'm mo and this is the Les and mo show what's going on everyone thanks for joining us for episode six we are halfway through season one which is so exciting We really appreciate you listening every week. You guys are the best. We told you we wanted to bring you a story from Hawaii. So today we're talking about the unsolved case of the Honolulu Strangler, a case that left five women dead in under a year.
1: Before we jump into today's episode, please be sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a rating and follow our podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at The Less and Mo Show. You would think, since Honolulu is basically considered a paradise, you know, there wouldn't be much crime happening there. But compared to the mainland, the number of murders are substantially lower. But that doesn't mean that it's still exempt from serial killers. And this serial killer is only one of two known. Killers in Hawaii. Uh, besides being referred to as the Honolulu Strangler, he was referred to as the Honolulu Rapist as well. His rampage would go on, go on for just under a year and would leave five victims in his wake. The victims range from age 17 to 36 and are all female. On May 29, 1985, Army wife Vicki Purdy decided to go out clubbing with friends in Waikiki. She told her husband Gary Purdy that she was meeting friends, but when she never arrived to meet them, the concern started to grow. Vicki was last seen by a cab driver at 12am. The driver told the police that he had given Vicky a ride to the Shorebird Hotel where she was going to pick up her car. She never made it to her vehicle, unfortunately it was found later on in the hotel parking lot. It's unknown where Vicky went since she never made it to her vehicle but she was found deceased the next morning on May 30th her body was discovered partially submerged in an embankment at Kihi Lagoon i'm trying to pronounce that right there kihi lagoon Ka- right?
0: kaihi or something like that. But yeah uh.
1: something like that so she was still wearing the same yellow jumpsuit she had worn the night before uh, she would also be found with her hands tied behind her back by a parachute cord. It's basically like a very strong cord that's, you know, that was used to basically as like handcuffs. She was sexually assaulted and then murdered by strangulation before her body was dumped. Her husband believed that someone associated with her work could have been involved. Vicky worked at an adult movie store where two women were stabbed and killed the year before evidence of this was never found though wow
0: yeah so that's
1: wild like I, I think the use of the you know the cords is very interesting like yeah
0: that that's why a parachute cord, cord yeah like mm-hmm. why why a parachute cord you could go out and get any type of rope or whatever home depot or anywhere like that but he used a parachute cord so yeah and it's very interesting that
1: yeah it's very interesting that she was partially submerged like why was she just by the embankment like yeah
0: why and she was still dressed so if she was sexually assaulted then this person either did it while well he either dressed her Mm -hmm. again or he had her dress
1: like dress herself before Mm -hmm. he killed her Yeah, and I so it looks like she might have gotten picked up like while while she was looking for her car, yeah, in that parking lot. So So
0: she's a lady by herself at night, it's 12 in the morning. Um, she's in a vulnerable situation, you know, being by herself, who knows where the parking lot was, Mm -hmm. you know, in accordance to where she got dropped off.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know what's interesting, like, she kind of looked like she needed help almost. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. like like you said, she was a little vulnerable. Vulnerable, yeah. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. Maybe
0: she was drunk and couldn't find her car and he picked up on this or something. Well, no,
1: she hadn't met up with her friends yet. She didn't oh, get true, to go true. out. Oh, true, true. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm, okay. So. Well, after the death of Vicky, police didn't have much to go off of and nothing else similar had happened around that time. So the case started to go cold. However, six months later, the strangler would strike again. On January 14th, 1986, 17-year-old Regina Sakamoto missed her bus to her high school. So she decided that she was going to contact her boyfriend via payphone and she was going to tell him that she was running late. Well, she didn't end up making it to school that day and um, she did not contact anyone to let them know that she was going somewhere else or something came up. So the next day, Regina's body was found at the same location as Vicky at Kaihi or Kihai um, Lagoon, just like Vicky Purdy. So this time, Regina was dressed in her school clothes from the chest up, but the clothing was missing from her lower half. Also, just like Vicky, Regina had been bound by parachute cord. She was also sexually assaulted and she was strangled. On one of her legs was an electrical cord that basically wrapped around her leg and then the other end wrapped around a rock so that her body definitely would be discovered. So whoever's responsible for this really wanted his work to be seen, if you will. So by all accounts from everybody who knew Regina. She was a great student and she had a lot of ambition. Um, She was gonna attend Hawaii Pacific University that coming fall. And um, it's just a tragedy that she passed like that. But um, police began at this time to suspect that Vicki Purdy and Regina's murders were connected. Well, one so, thing,
1: yeah, one thing I just want to point out also is that both both women were uh, bound behind with arms behind their back, oh, so they yeah. were they were in a similar position. Sim- you know, if you were laying on the ground, um, and your arms behind your back, so a yeah. uh, super tough position. I mean, they were basically helpless, yeah. and then the way their bodies were left to be discovered, like on the embankment of the lagoon, yeah, that just shows that you know that the trait that the killer has is a similar trait yeah
0: and there's definitely like a specific profile for this kind of guy like is he stalking his victims is he not is this um random is this just you have the opportunity in that specific time so you act on your urge like
1: yeah so we've got crazy you know with regina and vicky both of them were kind of in a situation where they were vulnerable with Regina, she was yeah. waiting for her bus. Maybe she missed her bus. And the guy was like, Hey, let me give you a ride. Yeah. Where are you going with Vicky? If she was, you know, walking around the parking lot looking like helpless, he mm. could have been like, Hey, you know, are you okay? And yeah. And then they were both, you know, killed similarly. So,
0: yeah, it's, it's really sad that he was taking these lives of these women that were in those positions, yeah. you know, he took advantage of that and, and, I don't know how he was able to gain their trust, but he was able to convince them that he was seemingly good until they found out otherwise, you know, but there was also a third victim and her knee, her name was Denise Hughes. She was a 21 year old secretary at a phone company and she was known for being on time to work, even though she took the bus every day. When she never arrived on January 30th, authorities were alerted. She was found on February 1st by three young fishermen in the Moana Lua stream. Uh, Her body was dressed in a blue dress and she was wrapped in a blue tarp. So like the other two victims, again, she was bound with parachute cord. She was sexually assaulted and she was strangled. And at that point, the word of the serial killer started to spread all over the island. The police set up a task force um, on February 5th to try to catch this killer. Um, The task force was actually made up of a 27-person team. And with help, they um, had the FBI task force for the Green River Killer help them with this. And they created a profile on the suspected serial killer. So they said the killer was a male who was an opportunist. Um, He didn't really calculate the killings. He kind of knew what he was going to do, but he didn't calculate exactly when they were going to happen. It was just more of him having that exact opportunity. It said that he picked up these vulnerable women, and um, it was women who were waiting at bus stops or at the airport. Um, But he would even stalk his victims. So it was also stated that the killer would live close to the scenes of these incidents. The police would also release statements to the women of Oahu saying, hey, you got to be careful. You have to be aware of your surroundings right now. You have to really Just look out for not just yourselves, but each other right now because you guys are all possibly in danger. We don't know who this guy is and we don't know. We don't have that many leads. So they then released a sketch of a van that was kind of supposedly seen during these incidents, and it was a white cargo van. And it had been seen the night of Denise's murder. So that was one thing they had to go off of. Wow. Yes. So So a third woman.
1: Yeah. Now the Green River um, serial killer was someone, I'm not sure if uh, it's in here later, but Mm -hmm. he was a serial killer in Seattle that was doing the same exact thing. So there was conspiracy about them possibly...
0: And we'll talk about a little bit later, too, how things from this mm-hmm. might be a little connected to the Green River Killer. So that excites me. Yeah. But, so, um,
1: yeah. But at this point, I mean, this guy's basically gone on a rampage. I mean, he killed yeah. three back to back. So, yeah. The fourth victim was Luis Medeiros. She was 25 and she had been on the island of Kauai uh, to visit with family after her mother had passed away. She attended her mother's funeral and then made plans to return to Mm Waiahapu, Oahu, where she lived, and uh, Louise took a plane from Hawaii to Oahu on March 26th. She told her family in Kauai that she she planned to take a bus from the airport uh, to her home upon landing. However, she never made it to the bus or onto the bus. Um, She seemingly disappeared from the airport itself after exiting the plane and on April 2nd, Her body was discovered by road construction workers on Waikili Stream. She was wearing a blouse, but her lower half was undressed. Like the previous victims, she too was bound, assaulted, and strangled. Soon after, police would set up sting operations with its female officers, and they planted the female officers at places where the disappearances of the victims had been, such as the Kihai Lagoon and the International Airport. Uh, These sting operations would not yield any suspects or evidence. Yeah, I mean, how often do those sting operations work? I don't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, they pretty much dressed up some of their female officers and stuff and kind of planted them around the city and put them in similar situations, but nothing really happened with that. So that was unfortunate and a fail. And let me just go back here and look at these dates again. So we have... Uh, Vicky Purdy, and she's in May 30th of 85. Okay? Then we have Regina, who is January 14th of 86. So, several months apart. Then, we have Denise, and she was in January as well. So, you have two that are like two weeks apart. Yeah, Two and a half weeks apart. Then, our fourth victim, Louise, she was killed in march. march so that's two months later
1: and then her body was found in, on april 2nd so yeah she so... was you know whoever is, this is doing close this together yeah whoever is doing this is so smart the way they're doing it because these girls are just disappearing like, yeah they're there one moment and then they and then vanish gone. and then you find their body like yeah. how is he doing that
0: he's got to be really familiar with the areas that he's in Like, somebody who knows he can grab them, knows that he can move them, knows that he can murder them, and then knows that he can dispose of a body.
1: Yeah, I I mean, and Honolulu, where where this is happening, it's a pretty busy city. It's huge. It's got a million people. You know, I don't know how he would avoid not being seen or the girls, you know, if they were fighting. Yeah. Hmm, Super interesting.
0: Yeah, it is very interesting to to think about how he did this.
1: Now, the fifth and final victim was 36-year-old Linda Pesci. Pesci? Pesci. Pesci. On April 30th, Linda's roommate reported to police that Linda was missing because she never showed up for work on April 29th. Mm. Linda had left early that morning because of a pre-work scheduled meeting and wasn't expected to arrive home until later that evening. Her car was discovered on the side of Nimitz highway one or hawaii one uh and linda was nowhere to be found a man named howard gay who worked at the flying tiger airline uh off of lagoon drive and lived in iwa beach would tell police that he had a psychic reading and he was told by that psychic where to find linda's body howard also drove a white cargo van so now we're getting this character hmm. howard gay involved and he apparently
0: knows where the body is where the body is hmm. and he
1: found out about it from a psychic reading. and
0: he drives a white cargo, cargo van,
1: van? Mm. yeah okay, so howard. a lot of the other victims um the some of the witnesses reported a white cargo van yeah being so, around so
0: sus sus sus, sus yeah <laughs> he
1: stated the body could be found at sand island On May 3rd, Gay was instructed by police to lead them to the body. However, there was no body there. Hmm. Convinced the body was somewhere near, the police scoured the entire island. Linda's body was discovered there by a couple searching the island for trash. Linda had been found bound with parachute cord, strangled, and sexually assaulted like the victims before her. Damn. Police set up roadblocks throughout the island and talked to many witnesses. Some witnesses responded, or reported rather, seeing a white or mixed race man in a van around the time of some of the murders. Some would even say they saw the man in Linda's car. However, one person always stuck out to them. Howard Gay, the man who led the police to Linda Pesci's body, was formally arrested on May 9th in connection with the killing spree. He was their prime suspect, so the police went digging into the background of his life.
0: This is crazy. Like, this Howard Gay guy sure knows quite a bit. He sure knows a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how someone would just randomly call the police and be like, hey, I know where this person's dead body is. Let me take you guys there. Unless he wanted attention. He wanted to get caught. I don't know. Looks like he wanted to get something off his chest. And Mm -hmm. what's weird is, like, why would he do that with that victim? Why not the other victims? Right. I guess that would be shitty if he reported all of them, but still. Maybe
0: that's because it was his swan song, like it was his last Last one one and he knew it. I don't know. but um, So the police started digging into Howard's life and upon interviewing Howard's ex-wife and his ex-girlfriend, it was discovered that Howard had a bondage fetish and he would oftentimes tie the women up during their sexual encounters. He would always bind their hands behind their back people sound familiar yet if that wasn't coincidence enough howard's girlfriend would recall that when they got into fights howard would leave the house for extended periods of time throughout the night she also claimed that these nights coincided with the nights of the murders so the witness who saw howard driving linda's car the night that she was murdered she would actually pick out Howard's picture from a lineup. Unfortunately, though, she did not want to be a formal witness to all of this because she was afraid that Howard saw her too and thought that she could be a victim. So she definitely was not going to expose herself to any danger. During questioning, Howard was given a polygraph test, and guess what? He failed. It was inconclusive, but we all know that that means it's a fail but eventually he was released because there were there was no sufficient evidence to keep him and a twenty five thousand dollar reward would be set up by the local businesses in honolulu to help find the killer but no one was ever charged with the crimes so howard gray or sorry howard gay Actually died in 2003. So if he was the killer, he definitely took the confession to his grave and he actually um, Died on the mainland and not in Hawaii Wow, yeah
1: So they never got the Honolulu Strangler. This is still an unsolved mystery
0: and that's so sad for these families that are grieving the loss of their child still or their mother or sister it's, it's very, very sad, and I, I don't understand what brings people to the point that they just murder for fun like that. Like, I just don't understand that. Howard, if you are the one who is responsible, that's really messed up, dude.
1: Well, one of the um, key facts that actually we learned during the research portion of this episode was that the detectives did find... And on some of the victims they did find sperm or not enough sperm counts there's like a chemical that's with yeah. the sperm that's so they found that on some of the victims so what they say is normally that if it's just a small amount or mm-hmm. there's not a lot of sperm on the victim that could mean that the victim oh that the suspect had a vasectomy oh yeah and they they later found out that From Howard Gay's wife at the time. They found out that Howard Gay had gotten a vasectomy.
0: Oh, wow. Another coincidence. Holy crap. Howard, you're guilty. Guilty as charged.
1: Yeah, and then he worked at the airport where all these took place or close by. Yeah. And where else would you find parachute cords?
0: Unlimited access to parachute cords, I'm sure. Because they're on every freaking plane.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And I really do believe, like, the last one... The last victim where he called them and just kind of told them that, hey, I I know where this body is. Yeah. You know, that's. I think that was his last one.
0: He was teasing, but he must have been... Howard or whoever this was must have been real slick because somehow he was able to convince all of these ladies to get into his vehicle. You know what I mean? Like how what did you do that you were able to get them in? And I'm sorry, but after one, two, three women go missing and then turn up dead, how are there any other women out there that would have gotten into a vehicle with a stranger at that point? That is so, that's another thing about this case that really breaks my heart is that this is all going on and then two more women were like, oh, this is a good idea. That's so yeah. sad.
1: I will say, though, also, the Honolulu Police Department, I don't think, did a great job um, investigating this case because how are you not going to get this guy? He just led you to the body. Yeah. He just led you to the body. There was another witness that told you that they they saw him in, the, in Linda's car, mm-hmm. but she just doesn't want to be a witness. How are they not able to get this guy? And I know they did not have... DNA tracing back then, yeah. But there are too many signs that were pointing to this guy, right? You know, he he wasn't he from Seattle.
0: He went to Seattle. Yeah. Wait, was it him? So yeah, it
1: there, was him. There's another story about his wife. How his wife? So he he was working for Tiger Airlines in Hawaii, so he didn't live with his wife. His wife was on the mainland in Seattle. Yeah. So they, and his
0: two kids.
1: And his two kids. So they flew in to surprise him. They flew into Oahu to surprise him, and he did not like it at all. He put his family in a hotel. Oh gosh. In a hotel. Rude. Did not let him come to his house, and then send them back home after two days.
0: Yeah, no, you're up to something, sketch.
1: So mm. let's kind of discuss a little bit uh, some of the some of the facts in here. So we talked about how. You know, how he was probably charming and coming up to the women that were in need. Um, There were no major injuries found on the victims besides the ligature marks around the neck. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no struggle getting them into his cargo van or anything like that. And there were, you know, hardly any defensive wounds. Um, A lot of scratch marks and things like that.
0: That's crazy. And most
1: of the bodies were found about 10 miles of the Honolulu airport. There was just one victim that was found about like 15 miles away.
0: That's so sketch. I think he was definitely the profile that they came up with that we talked about fits all of this to a Mm T. To a T.
1: Yeah. And then we mentioned this earlier as well. There was a killer on loose in Seattle. His name was the Green River Killer. He was doing the same exact thing he was dumping the bodies um you know in a river and um it was either a copycat or it was the same person yep now there were 5 victims there was no more victims after this it suddenly stopped that was another well another and that point.
0: to me okay so honolulu is a big hub for military presence so could it have been a military personnel who got oh, who was on the island at the time and then right. he got moved to a different place so the murders stopped? Could it have been just a tourist who was staying at an extended period of time or a business man or woman there for an extended period of time? Was it a local? Me personally, I think it was a local because they knew the area so damn well that... They knew where to drop the bodies for them to be found, but where they wouldn't be caught in the act. I I just personally think that it was a local. It was somebody who had lived there. Like I don't know, but
1: so let's talk about actually another murder that is not really related with this serial killer, but we think it should be. Yeah. So just before Vicky Purdy, there was an unsolved murder of Lisa Lisa Al, and this could have possibly been his first victim so it was the same exact situation she was killed the same way witnesses saw her pulled off on the side of the highway with a police officer like behind Behind her her. so she was like almost like pulled over um now you know now did the police officer kill her that was the last time she was seen well
0: and what's sketched too about that is that her purse was on the front seat of her vehicle Mm -hmm. so if she was under arrest or if she was getting a ride or whatever, no woman just is gonna leave their purse unattended in their car. You know what I mean? And like, if you're being arrested, they're gonna have your car towed and they're gonna have your stuff brought with you and checked in. So was it a real police officer? Like,
1: I don't know. So the Honolulu police actually investigated one more suspect. His name was William Stevens. He was in the military, and he was stationed in Honolulu. Around the time of the murders, he moved to Seattle, and the Seattle police investigated him as the Green River Killer. When the Seattle police searched his home, they found military uniforms, and then they found some police uniforms, which didn't make any sense. But, you know, the military uniforms, he was in the military, that made sense. Yeah. Uh, but eventually it was proven that, you know, it was he was not the Green River Killer, But he could have been Lisa Owl's killer.
0: Wow. So there's another suspect. And so Lisa Owl's um, murders happened obviously before the five from the Honolulu Strangler case. Sometimes they say that a killer will make their first kill and then they'll kind of like... Upgrade or, like, they'll change the way that they do it, and that becomes their, like, hallmark, like, their trademark, their calling card, you know? Like, so, Lisa Au definitely could have been the first technical, like, victim of the Honolulu stringer, Strangler, then the rest of them happened, and then the Green like River killings could have happened from the same
1: person. It all chronologically could make sense. And... You know, with this guy being in the military, I mean, I wouldn't doubt if he was able to get a bunch of parachute cords either.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy, same thing. Like, he's got access to those things as well. But who knows? I mean, it just sucks to not have any evidence to not... I mean, they did with Howard Gay. They had so much circumstantial evidence, and that was the problem. So that's difficult. Very, very, very difficult for sure.
1: With me, everything points to Howard Gay, um, from him working at the airport, you know, in a 10-mile radius of where all this is happening, the parachute cords, him having a bondage um, fetish fetish where he would, you know, do that with his wife and his ex-girl, Yeah. and the white cargo van.
0: Not being home, or yeah, not being home when these murders are, murders happening, are happening because he was in an argument with his ex. Like. The
1: vasectomy.
0: Yes, that's a big one.
1: There was a witness that saw him in Linda's car.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's actually another one that we didn't mention that we uh, watched on, on one of these documentaries. It was a lady that was at a bar oh. that rem- that had an interaction with a guy who was, you know, real smooth talking and. Uh, he wanted her to come into her van, but she didn't end up going. Yeah, he
0: would. He just wanted her to go with him when she with got him. off her shift, like yeah, you want and to give
1: her a ride. Detectives showed her pictures, two separate pictures, and told her to pick out who she thought it was, and she picked out Howard Gay's picture. She said, "But they both looked similar. One of the pictures, the guy had a mustache and changed his hair and whatnot, wearing a hat." Mm-hmm. And the detective surprised her by saying that they're both Howard Gates pictures. Yes.
0: So she knew. So she had
1: the right instinct. Yeah. She yeah.
0: Knew. And she like even said in her interview, she was like, no, I know something was up with him. I know something was wrong with him. Not I had this him, gut yeah. feeling like good for her that she listened to it because it sounds like she was spot on. But this is crazy. Another crazy episode. Another very sad, heavy episode at that.
1: That about brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us for this special one from Honolulu. Yeah. And uh, be sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If, uh, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a follow and uh, rate, rate the podcast. Other than that, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at The Less and Mo Show. The Mo you know, the less you fear. So, so tune in, in next week right, right
0: back here. here.